Welcome to As We Understand Him, a weekly coffee chat exploring a deeper relationship with God as we understand Him. You can download As We Understand Him weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at As We Understand Him Podcast. For additional information, to hear episodes, and to access resources and writings, please visit our website, asweunderstandhim.coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys trying to figure out the God thing, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Really? We got this figured out yet? No, I love that. We are trying. That is, that is probably the most accurate oh, statement man. That, I, that, that we could hear. You know, getting ready for coffee this morning, last night, I, I just felt so un- unqualified. You know... And I'm more. Clo- you've been wrestling with that. From uh, the beginning. I know, I, and I know that when you when you lay the facts out, I'm closer to my spiritual in spirituality. I'm closer to my God than I ever have been, but I still feel like I'm a long way away. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, but I, you know, for folks that are listening, and and, and for you and I, right? I mean, all we're doing is sharing <clears throat> our path. Yeah, some of our stuff. I mean, stuff, which is right? factual. Which, I mean. Nobody can argue with our right. factual experiences. Right. No. No. It is. They might not agree with them. That's fine. Yeah. They might not do them. That's fine. Right. But you can't argue with facts. That's all <laughs> we're doing because we've been asked by so many people about the spiritual thing. So and, we said, um, what the heck? Yeah. Let's just uh, let's get online and, and talk about growing closer to, to the God as we understand him. I know. So I do want to give you a compliment. So oh, I was listening oh to an episode. You know, we've done between sober dot coffee and as we understand him, we've probably done 150. Yeah. <clears throat> posted in the can, as they say in Hollywood, right? <laughs> and and so I went back and listened to one, and man, I'll tell you what, I must, you know, half the time I'm talking over you, which I apologize for, but but I'll tell you what, you have such awesome zingers, man. <laughs> you throw you throw some sliders in there that that. God, I wish I caught him in real time because I'd actually uh, laugh. And, you know, great. my wife appreciates those so much. Oh. You know, like during a movie, you know, right when the guy's about to get his de- be decapitated, I'm like. You jump in I'm and like, say, hey, this is what at, happened. <laughs> look at his shorts. I mean, I apologize. Now. I've had some uh, dental work done, and, and I'm just not 100% today. Yeah. I'm probably a 92. <laughs> just roughly you are such an alcoholic <laughs> yeah man but i'm a spiritual alcoholic yeah you are so what are we talking about today so i thought i mean as we um you know and a lot of this is being shaped by questions mm-hmm. right by input by people that we connect with both in the rooms out of the rooms on the podcast off the podcast um you know that thing called social media mm-hmm you know, and and I think, you know, when, when we're having these conversations, one point keeps coming up, right? And as much as we had to learn a new way of spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. A new way of doing things, a new way of looking at things. For me, the way I categorize it, there were a number of things that I had to unlearn. Mm. Okay. Meaning, I mean, growing up, you know, as I've shared my story and you shared your story, right? We had a certain things that were just ingrained in us, mm-hmm. you know. And and as I look back, you know, come growing up and going to, you know, Christian college, and I mean, there were just a lot of things that that didn't work in my mind, right? Mm-hmm. Just didn't make sense, didn't work, and maybe it was my ego, or or maybe flat out 
They're just wrong. But were they taught to you, or these are the, the, uh, perception or conception that you made up in your own mind? So that's a great question. I think, I think, two thirds taught, mm-hmm. one third experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so, so part of it, it, part of my learning process is I had to unlearn. Mm-hmm. That's at least how I I classify it. Right. Right. No, I love that. And I'm that. like, hey, I grew up with this, and 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 boom, you know, that's wrong, mm-hmm. or or that. No wonder it didn't work because as I learned new things, I had to give up. You know, yeah, un, un, unlearn. Unlearn. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there's a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. I can't find the words. Yeah, interesting. So, what do you think? Do you think it's worth uh, chatting about? Yeah, I do. You know, a, a couple things just jumped out uh, off the table for me. Um, not my coffee, but other things jumped off the table. I know. You only have one coffee today. Uh, I know. Well, we'll go back. It's a, a free refill. Where? <laughs> right here at the coffee shop. There you go. Love it. That's See, right. a couple just things jumped there. out. And, you know, my brain was just going back to uh, when, when you rewound the, the mental clock, going back to my youth. And uh, I had three things when I was growing up that I felt were reverent. But I never touched them, used them, uh, and and they freaked me out. And one was uh, a crucifix that I gotten probably, you know, a chain crucifix that mm-hmm. I'd probably gotten when I maybe communion, confession, something like that in, in Catholicism, right? One of those, but I, I picked it up somewhere. That sat on a shelf in my bedroom mm-hmm. for years, and I looked at it. I never wore it. I just always look at it. I, I don't have a point to this, but these, this is what came up. That, number two was a little three by five depiction of Jesus as mm-hmm. you might picture yeah. him, right? Like you see on the wall. That's right. And and this is, I've, it turns out it's popular. I mean, it's a popular portrait mm-hmm. because I've seen it many times throughout the course of my 60 years. I would say years. most people that saw that would recognize that that's right. Jesus. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And then lastly, somewhere along the line, I got a little purple Bible. And again, it was maybe four by six in de- uh, denomination for dimension for four by six and a couple inches thick. You know, I never opened that thing. <laughs> no, I, not. I, I just, I, I like never opened it. It wasn't opening a Bible and reading it was not part of my, my upbringing. So yeah, we come at it from a couple different ways. Where, you know, your story, I've heard your story, and that Bible was open. And that Bible was discussed, and that Bible was... So it'll be interesting to see how what we learned and have to unlearn now, what similarities and differences we'll have. Right, so do you have a couple things, like, identify that you had to unlearn? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Okay, so what's the best way to do this? Why don't you kick off yeah. with with your first one, and then we'll ping pong okay. back and forth this is one this is one i yeah that sounds and it great might, this might be two episodes i don't know yeah right we'll find so out. so fear uh the word fear it's uh you know it's used a lot in the bible right yep but it's one of the things i had to over i had to unlearn because i thought fear was oh i'm afraid like the boogeyman like mm-hmm. like you know an alligator coming out of the water and eating me you know when i'm eating a sandwich by the by the shoreline you know, oh, be afraid of that. Be afraid of that. And I, I, so I always thought that you had to, that you were afraid of God. And therefore, you don't approach it. Just like I wouldn't approach the alligator, right? 
and and I wouldn't approach the boogeyman. I, Meaning, so if you wouldn't approach God, what, what does that mean? You, you you wouldn't explore, you wouldn't question, I, you wouldn't. I, I couldn't because because the I was taught or I learned that we we, we should, that this word fear that we should have this emotion fear this this intellect fear that mm-hmm. fear was this big separator for me um, as I understood the word fear. Yeah, so fear is on my list. In fact, mm-hmm. it's number one on my list, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, growing up, I was fearful of God. Mm-hmm. First of all, there were a whole bunch of rules, right? Most of them man-made crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I feared God and a couple things, you know, right? Um, God was presented to me or pushed down on me as being, you know, hell, fire, brimstone, damnation you screw up you're going to hell right god's going to send you to hell you know you're not going to get into heaven it, it was it was very fearful was all that in the little purple bible I think it was on page 75 okay no you know what but but a lot of my input and this is this is a lot of you know what i had to unlearn a lot of the stuff because as i'm learning now i'm using the bible as a reference mm-hmm. right and, and like the blue big book of AA that I listen to every word, I don't try to change the words in the big book of AA. Mm-hmm. I don't change the words of the Bible either, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where my ego comes in. I'm like, well, it should say this or it should say that. Or right? they really mean. <clears throat> they really right. mean. Right. So, I mean, we, we can laugh at some point about all the different versions of the Bible. They had all these ones growing up, the Living Way Bible and all this stuff. King right? James. Yeah, it was just it was just people who, you know, didn't necessarily like and and, and and I know some versions of the Bible today, I'm not an expert on it, but I know some versions of the Bible today cut out stuff mm-hmm. that people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it was hellfire damnation, it was hell, you know, you're going to hell. And and my mom used to say a saying all the time. And it was fear. It was be sure your sins will find you out. Say again. Be sure your sins will find you out. Wow, that stays with you. Oh, my God. I mean, she probably said it a thousand times growing up. And, of course, you know, I don't know if the stuff I was doing was, quote, unquote, sinning or whatever, or just not what she liked. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I always had that, and I was always fearful. Mm -hmm. So I have a story to tell you. Yeah, go ahead. That really drove fear in me from a young age. Um, and, and, and just, you know, fear coupled with be sure your sins will find you out. So I was very involved with the church. We had a, a um, Christian Boy Scout group. Um, Cadets? Uh, um, Stockade. Okay, never heard of that. Yeah, Stockade. So we met at the church every Friday night, and we had our little search just like the Boy Scouts and, you know, you know, it's almost like celebrate recovery in AA. It's very similar to, you know, Boy Scouts, but it had a Christian slant. Got it. Right. So one Friday night, me and my buddies, we had like four or five of them. We had a church kitchen. So we were down in the basement. We had a church kitchen and we were playing with matches. Oh, boy. And um, so we were just lighting them and just kind of goofing off and just playing with matches. I love playing with fire. Well, anyhow, we heard somebody coming. You know, when Glenn was in charge, I mean, I was like eight years old. So, 
you know, I took those matches and, you know, the ones that were lit or, you know, just put out, I put them out real fast. I shoved them in a box. I put a rag over them and I stuck them in the pantry of the kitchen. Right. And then we, we go out to our next activity. Next thing you know, there's all this <laughs> no. smoke that's coming out of the kitchen. No. Right. And the fire alarm's going off. And you're looking at, you're, you're looking at yourself. I burnt down one third of the church. Oh man! They need a new sanctuary because, like, the kitchen was right below, like, like the, the pulpit part, mm-hmm. right? So it burned all oh. up there, and and and. So long story short, I burned about one third of the church. Right? Nobody caught me, but every time that phone rang, like I'd go to bed every night for years. I, I can't remember if it was three years or five years, but every night. I would go to bed like the phone would ring, oh, and I'd man. be like, "They found me out." Yeah, right. You know, and and I was fearful, and and every time I walked in that church, I'm like, you know, when an elder looked at me sideways, I was like, "Oh my gosh, they you, found out." You think any of the elders are listening now? I actually threw my. Did you throw yourself on the sword? My eighth and ninth step. Yeah, you know, okay. I went back and I actually, you know, fessed up to my dad. Be, before he passed away mm. and I fessed up to the church mm. and you know their their approach was well that was so long ago you know their their approach was it was actually a blessing because you know the insurance paid for a whole new yeah, church right. and you know they they let me off the hook but I'm telling you it I was fe- oh, that sure. just that that's, just added to very, all my fear right, of the sure, church and sure. fear of going to the church and fear of fu- being found out yeah. and, I mean oh god that was such an impact so how have we how have you overcome or relearned now so you unlearned that fear isn't isn't this damnation this all those big words that they use and what what have, what have you how do you define the word fear now I guess is my question so so here's some things that I've gone through, some stories that I've heard, um, you know, that really relieve the fear perspective, mm-hmm. and and I would put more love perspective, right? Okay. So, so I look at my relationship with God and my spirituality today as based on love and forgiveness, instead of, you know, fear and rules and and judgment and damnation and all that stuff, right? Um, and there's a couple stories that I really embrace that help teach me this. And I mean, some of it was, you know, how it was presented. But, you know, the uh, stories are one is the prodigal son story, right? So the prodigal son, you know, grows up with a brother and, the you know, father has a lot of money. And he says, hey, I want my inheritance now. I'm just going to go. And I mean, that's kind of my story. I really relate to it. And he went out and spent all the money and... You know, all the sins and women and wine and long story short, he landed up in a pig pen, mm-hmm. right? And um, and he's in the pig pen thinking, my, my father's servants are treated and eat better and are taken care of better than I am right now. And and he goes back home, right? Now, the, the God that I grew up with, the Jesus I grew up with, the Bible that I grew up with, there would be punishment when you come home my parents you know you screw up there is punishment Mm -hmm. right look out you know before be sure your sins will find you out and then there's a payment to be paid Mm -hmm. but in the bible if you listen and read the bible when that kid started coming home and that father saw him there was no punishment 
There was no scorecard. It was arms wide open. Let's celebrate. Bring out the best. My son is coming home. Mm-hmm. And I related that, you know, to kind of my spirituality and, and where I was and, and what I was given by God, you know, my God of the Bible, and the, the, the forgiveness and love that I was given. So there was no fear in that story. It wasn't like, well, he was probably fearful, I'm thinking, as he's walking down that path going to, he's probably afraid, but his, it, it never came to fruition. His dad, his dad didn't treat him that way. He treated him with open arms and threw him a big party, right? Yeah, it really didn't outline a lot of fear. Um, right. Maybe because he set the bar low right. from expectations. Mm-hmm. He was going home not to be the the, the son of the Number big one. man. He just wanted to eat dinner. <clears throat> he just wanted to go in, and so he set the expectations low. Hey, I just want to come home and I'll work. Yeah, and I'll be a servant. Right. You know, I just right. want to live as as good as my my dad's servants. And and man, you know, I just want to be worthy of coming home right. and being a servant. Right. And man, you know that. That father was so forgiving and so loving and solemn and dropped everything. And, and, and the way that story, several people, several examples or, or situations was explained to me, that father wept. That mm-hmm. father was so happy. Right, right. right. You know, then there's a story about the sheep, right? You know, the uh, shepherd and this hundred sheep and, you know, the 99 sheep are doing good, but one sheep goes away. And, and just the, the focus and pain and, and commitment of that shepherd to go find that one sheep and, and bring him home, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I look at myself a lot of ways. I was that one sheep. And then last, you know, lastly, the third one, I mean, I have a lot of examples, but the third one is the woman at the well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, because what I grew up with was, you know, all the, the people in the purple robes in the Pharisees in the temple, right, all the people that are, you know, know the law and know everything and, you know, they, you know, they're judging and, you know, and, and, and that's kind of what I grew up with. And yet Jesus is not hanging out with them. He's kind of you know, laughing at them a little bit. And, you know, Jesus hangs out with a woman at the well who is like a prostitute, five, five husbands. And she went to the well at noon because nobody else would be there. Mm-hmm. Right. It was so hot. Nobody else was going to the well at noon, and she just, you know, kind of, you know, went. I, I don't want to use the word snuck there, but that's when she timed it because she knew it would be okay, like a clear, clear path to go. And yet Jesus met her there, man, and Jesus just loved on her and just said, "Hey, you know, it's okay," you know. And and I needed that. I needed that level of, "Hey, Glenn, it's okay." Mm-hmm. So with all your three stories, I think they they were absent fear. They they were. They were more influxed with love, mm-hmm. acceptance, forgiveness, all these great characters. And, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament, you know, there's definitely a transition there, right? And, and I, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but I'm guessing that, you know, fear of God was more Old Testament kind of stuff. And, and Jesus came to kind of change that. That's, that's the story I read in the Bible. He kind of came to change the perception of God and to, to reflect the love in those parables that he told, those stories and those things he did, you know, were all, were all meant to, to shatter, I, I think, you know. But, but if I could, I still think there's, I've, so I've redefined fear now. I've relearned fear. And I, th- I see where it says, you know, 
fear God. I see it now more as be reverent, right? Um, be respectful. Um, understand his awesomeness. You know, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Job. And um, maybe one day we'll just kind of go off kilter and talk through it. But, I mean, people have heard of Job, I think. And he lost everything. Like in the first in the first half chapter of the book, he, mm-hmm. he had lost everything. His wife, his kids, his farm, his money. His, he lost everything, right? And so then he's kind of wrestling around, you know, and and did he stand up? Was he a godly man? No, he was asking the question, what up, man? What? Where's all my stuff? I mean, how could you do this to me kind of thing? And he had a couple friends come and counsel him. and um, But the cool thing about the book of Job is that the last two chapters are really God just talking to Job. And that doesn't... So it, it's two chapters of transcript, right, if you will, of what God had to say to Job. And the point that he said to Job is, don't forget who I am. You know, oh, I'm sorry, he said. I'm paraphrasing. I'm sorry. Did you create the heaven and the earth? Did I mean, did you separate the sea from the land? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Job. Was that you that put all the stars in the sky? Oh, I'm sorry, Job. Was that you that created man? Uh, right? So God helped with perspective. Yeah. So, so you know, that that's the thing. I, I think for me... I'm not afraid of what God is going to do for me because of the good news of the New Testament. I'm, I'm no longer afraid, but that doesn't mean that I, that I don't, just that doesn't mean I discount the awesomeness of God. It's reverence, I guess, more than more than reverence and respect. Right. So when I think of, um, I love that when when I think of, you know, love and forgiveness. Right. There's another word that that. I understand today that I never knew growing up. I always thought it was a judge and jury type of relationship. It was, what are you doing for me, right? How are you living? I mean, that's what was driven. But but what I realized today is that you know God wants to have a relationship with us. You know, and I've been through some experiences that really pointed that out, and they were like eye openers because they were totally opposite of the crap I grew up with. Right. You know, and it's almost like, you know, a, a, a father-son relationship or a parent-child relationship. And, um, and and I understand that because I have children, you know, and and I know what it's like for a child to call me, you know, today, you know, and text today. I welcome that. You know, if my daughter calls during, you know, a business meeting, I don't care what's going on. I mean, she rarely calls. She needs something, and I pick it up, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't. I don't condemn her and say, oh, you didn't follow the rule and call me between 5 and 5.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, right, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. right? So so when 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 I understand that, that, you know, God wants to have a relationship with me, that's welcoming, mm-hmm. right? And God also knows where we're at with sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he has an idea of sin. Mm-hmm. He, he knows mm-hmm. what's going on in the sin game, and he knows everybody sins. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no one without sin. And, and so when I sin, it's not a surprise. You know, it's not a disappointment, especially when he sees me working at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I read one time, or, you know, I get credit for trying. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really love the, um, the whole fear thing. I think that was a key. Yeah, it really is. I'm glad we kind of spent a good chunk of time on that because, because I, I think it... It matters, and and I guess my concluding statement would be, you know, this 
and we're going to talk a lot about it. I mean, if we're talking about the God of the Bible, then we're talking about the Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it was this this point, and I didn't. I had to learn about this relationship with Jesus, and we'll talk about that on probably the next part two or part eight of this, <laughs> of right, this series, right, right? Right. But but so I've got this joy in my heart now where before like i said i had fear in my heart and and now i've got this joy in my heart because you're right it's not a judge and jury thing but yet it still is if you read the words of the bible they're still judge and jury but our our debt has been paid you know and so so we're not we're not judged individually yeah but once you are in the stadium Mm -hmm. doesn't the judge and jury stuff stop Yes. Because you're in the stadium. Right. right. I, th- I mean, that's the way I look at it. I mean, you know, it's not It's not like, hey, I'm in the stadium, and then, oh, crap, I messed up. Now I'm back out of the stadium. Right. Now i got to work my way back into the stadium. That's right. You know, it's, it, it's not what I've learned. It's not like that. Right. Once you're in the stadium, you're in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Then it goes to the... The hockey player story, right? Yeah, right. You know, right. it's like, hey, okay, now I'm in the stadium. I'm on the spiritual path, right? Right. You know, I want to live, you know, for with God, with Jesus, you know, with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Um, right. And and but it's not. I mean, and and yes, there are times that I mess up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody messes up with that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't shoot you out of the stadium. No, right. And, and, and no, you got to get gotta, back in line. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry, we're full. You just we got a waiting list. I know. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. all right. Good stuff. Fear, fear. Fear is a good one. Okay. So, are, are, are we going to stop here? Yeah, we're going to stop here, and then we'll pick it up next week. Next and, week. Okay. And, and talk a little bit more about things we had to unlearn. All right. Because I still have some on my list. Oh, me too. You do too, right? Yes. Thank you much. Oh, this, this might be three sessions. Yeah, it might be all four. All right, brother. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at asweunderstandhim.coffee. If sobriety is your desire and you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255 or dial 988. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their personal experiences about their spiritual journey and their path to sobriety. Therefore, any medical, spiritual, or perceived suggestions are their own opinions and should not be considered professional advice. See you next week.